1: A big part of feeling good is looking good, and if you want to look good, and you do, especially this time of year with the holidays approaching, you really need to check out Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit, plus you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram Indochino's process is simple you choose your fabric pick your customizations and submit your measurements your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks you can get measured and designed your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com right now you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering BlueWire at checkout plus shipping is free That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. It's an incredible deal for made to measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Hey, 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 welcome to the Road of His College Football Show. I'm your host, Dave Von Laco, joined, as always, by Matt Wisve and Jordan Hoover. This podcast is being brought to you by Indochino, Harry's, and Roman. Gentlemen, let's get started. We've got a big show. We are coming off our bye week. We are ready to go. We're ready to close this thing out. How are y'all feeling after a week off? I doubt I'm as relaxed as you are. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what, fellas. I thought living on the West Coast was nice when I used to live out in uh, Washington. Being in Hawaii was awesome. I woke up and 7 a.m. there's college football on. It was, it was fantastic. Everyone's slowly getting ready for the day. And I had a cup of coffee and just sat down and watched football while everyone got ready for the day. Went to the pool and uh, watched a lot of the games on my phone. It was quite
2: an enjoyable, enjoyable way to watch a little uh, college football action. Yeah, you, you for sure have us beat on that side. Um, but I'm glad you got some uh, some time away, some football time in during that time away. And uh, yeah, I like the way you put it off the bye week. We should be healthy, uh, as close to healthy as we can be this time, this time of year, as they say. So yeah, ready to get rolling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be good. We have a fun show for you, as always. We're going to start off just talking a little bit about the, the college football playoff. Uh we ha- we are going to not do a lot of hype hypoth- hyperbole? I don't that's not the word I'm looking for, but that's the only word. We're not gonna get into the hypotheticals oh. <laughs> too much. Uh we're just gonna gonna look a little bit at uh which teams control their own destiny uh through the home stretch here. We're gonna look a little bit about uh, last week and then spend a lot of time looking at week 12. We'll go through our previews and then of course finish out the show with our locks. Uh man. I'm really struggling in that department so I feel like this is a, a get right week for me I really needed that bye week to kind of regroup uh, and get going but let's let's get started here uh with with the college football with the college football playoff excuse me we have uh currently five undefeated teams if uh, my math is correct here and uh, I think the top the top three lSU Ohio State and Clemson they're they're kind of obvious like they they don't have to uh they don't have to worry too much about, about where things are headed for them. But I, I'd love to hear your thought on um on the other the other undefeated teams, Minnesota and Baylor. Just real quick, Jordan, uh, what do you think would have to take place for them to miss out? Uh in other words, if if both of these teams uh win their conference championship, are they automatically in the playoffs, in your opinion?
2: Well, Minnesota, if they win the Big Ten, that basically means that they will beat Ohio state. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're assuming Ohio state is going to be the representative from their side of the big 10. So
3: still could be Penn state.
2: uh, We can, we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, Yeah. But I mean, if Minnesota were to win out and win the big 10 with a win over Ohio state in the big 10 championship game, as wild as it sounds, I don't really know how you could keep them out necessarily. I mean, there might be an argument, but, uh, Uh, Run the table and a win over what, you know, a team that most people consider to be probably the best team in the country uh, all around. Um, And then Baylor, you know, I don't really, I cannot get a a solid read on Baylor. I've struggled this year with them because like last week against TCU, I mean, it was, they kind of got lucky to win that game. Um, They've been in so many close games that, you know, kind of could have gone either way, but they are where they are. They have a really big game, obviously, this week at home against Oklahoma, which I think will tell us even more about them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I just have a really hard time getting a read on Baylor. I don't know if you guys have a better feel um, for them.
1: No, I don't.
2: I, I, uh, I, I certainly don't. <laughs> I thought.
1: I keep thinking they're going to lose, and they don't. But I, I, I agree with you. I think any undefeated team is going to be in the playoff. I mean, just. It's not easy to do, and I don't think we will have to worry about it because both of those teams have some pretty difficult uh, games ahead. Uh, what I do want to spend a little bit more time on is talking about some of these one-loss teams. Let's let's start with you, uh, Matt. Let's. I think for for all for for the purposes of our conversation, let's just stick with uh, with the big ones here. Uh, so we've got Bama, Georgia, and the SEC, uh, Penn State in the Big Ten, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and then Utah and Oregon in the Pac Twelve of these teams who do you think if they win out will be invited to the college football playoff i think there are
3: two that are absolute locks if they win out the rest of their games they will make it uh the first one is georgia because that would mean that they would have a uh they would have a win over lsu and win the sec championship and i think that basically guarantees you a place in the playoff and then the second one is penn state um If Penn State wins out, I understand Jordan's a little bit upset with them right now, but they would have a win over Ohio State, and then they would likely avenge their loss against against Minnesota or potentially Wisconsin they'd have a win against. So it would be two good wins and a Big Ten championship. So they would be, I think, pretty much unquestionably in. And the other ones, I, I just don't think any of them truly control their own destiny because if Georgia beats LSU, Bama's basically out. There's no scenario where Georgia let me take a half step back. There it's incredibly unlikely that Bama gets in if LSU loses in the SEC championship to um, Georgia because that would basically take their spot. Because you would have to kind of you would have to keep LSU above Alabama because of the win, and have to's again a maybe. Um and then you put them in because they're the sec champion so uh it's just it's kind of interesting i don't i think there really are only seven teams that truly control their own destiny even though people will come out and tell you alabama controls their own destiny if they win out they're in that's absolutely not
2: the case there are definitely scenarios where alabama gets left out jordan how do you how do you see all this i i kind of fall along the same lines as matt i think that and I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that the two teams that Matt highlighted, which I pretty much agree with, are in the SEC and Big Ten, which I think, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like those are probably the two best conferences in college football right now, um, top to bottom. They at least have the two. They have the most elite, like truly elite right. teams. They, I mean, there I are bad the, teams in both, but but yeah. Um, yes. But I'm still... Unlike the ACC
1: and Pac-12, which have no bad teams.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that kind of gets to where I wanted to go with with Utah and Oregon, which I'm I'm really intrigued by because I've been selling Utah short. I think for basically the entire season, and I I think that you know if if they somehow work their way through the remainder of their schedule, win the Pac-12 championship finish with one loss, it's going to be tough because, you know, whatever, regardless of what people say, I do believe that there is a legitimate bias against the Pac-12. But they would be, you know, when you look at all the efficiency metrics, and I think it's interesting. um, I was listening to the Bet the Board podcast this morning, and they brought up a good point where the spokesperson playoff is actually including, um, or, or I should say, referencing efficiency metrics in some of their explanations. And this is kind of a, you know, I don't know exactly how much that gets factored in, but I think it's interesting because when you look at Utah, they are one of the most efficient all around teams in the entire country. Um, Per ESPN's efficiency metrics, they rank eighth in offense and fifth in defensive efficiency. So, I mean, they are truly an elite team um, metrics wise. So, I mean, I don't know how much that will ultimately get factored in, but I'm still angling for the Pac-12 to somehow squeak in. I know it's unlikely, and ultimately I think the logical side of me kind of falls in the same line as Matt where it's probably either Georgia and I'm really hesitant to say Penn State because I think that they got exposed a little bit. Um I mean, um, I'm
3: not saying I think Penn State will. Yeah. Like I don't think I if I'm without Well, I know being you're not I know you're not right. picking them to beat Ohio State. I, I mean, know that. Without being too arrogant in the fact I I don't think there's that many scenario like ways that they're going to beat an Ohio state team but I do think that if they if they do win out their resume is going to be about as good as anyone in the country Absolutely, so, yeah absolutely I part. agree
1: the one team that neither one of you mentioned which is actually the one that that I thought uh you would is, is Oklahoma uh, no yeah. I don't think Oregon has a shot to be honest with you even if they went out for the same reason that uh that Jordan just said I actually think they have a better shot than Utah well maybe because I think they're a big, I think they're a bigger brand I think Oregon, Oregon not only needs to win out they need Auburn to win out uh they need that loss to look a little bit better than it than it currently does uh in my opinion but Oklahoma is a team that we you know <laughs> we we are up and down on uh depending on how their defense is playing you know because uh, their offense we, we know is legit so if if Oklahoma wins out uh, I would be surprised if they were not in the playoff, personally. Um, they would have beaten Baylor, of course, uh, so that's one less undefeated team that we're looking at. And uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know how the committee would leave them out if they if they go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, now, again, a lot of football to be played. Uh, I said we wouldn't get into the hypotheticals too much, but I just think it's interesting. And, and, and part of the reason I wanted to do this exercise is because uh, as much as we talk about Style points and, and taking your foot off the gas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do think it plays into to some of these games. Uh, I know some of the games that I'm going to be looking at in my locks. Uh, I'm kind of relying on some of this logic of uh, a team like Alabama, like you mentioned, Matt. They they might not be in just by winning out. They might have to make it look really spectacular. So uh, just things to think about as we're as we're moving ahead. Um, but yeah, I know uh, Matt. Before we hit record, you were saying that uh, you didn't love this slate of games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where you guys go with some of your picks. It, it does feel like a bit of an ugly week, um, oh. and uh, and that's my segue over to you, Matt. <laughs> Speaking of ugly, no. I gonna... <laughs> so uh, I, I know you guys, uh,
3: you guys over there, you still have your full beards, and I and I'm I, I'm sorry, I, I I can't grow a full beard, so I, I shave mine all the time. But I do have a fashionable mustache for this month for November to uh, you help you,
1: raise the didn't, you weren't uh, yeah. considering it fashionable earlier that's the only reason I no, no, it's, a, <laughs> a full-on,
3: it's an adam morrison it is an adam morrison yeah. mustache but you know what you need uh when you're growing out a really bad mustache you need a good razor blade to clean up the rest of your face and I, there's really no better blades out there than harry's um uh, humans have been shaving for thousands of years and you know the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed much they didn't need flex balls or heated handles neither do you Harry's doesn't overcharge you with gimmicky features on their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And like I said, this month, I might be growing out a pretty terrible mustache, but I am uh, cleaning up the rest of my face so my wife doesn't kill me. Harry's is the return to the essential. They give you, like I said, they give you quality, durable blades at a fair price. It's just $2 per blade. And they cut out the middleman when they manufacture their own blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for for a century, which means you get high-quality blades at a factory-direct price. It's super convenient. Blade refills are sent directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription, and there's no risk for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of the show can redeem their for a Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash bluewire. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry. And it's easy to grab on the go. So once again, go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to start shaving better today. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I don't think you, you mentioned your wife, uh, you know, not being too, this, this, I don't know what word you said. Actually, I was listening, but I remember the word, you, <laughs> you, you don't want her to, keep you. I don't want if, to. Die. If I shave my beard, my wife would leave me uh, because I have <laughs> no chin whatsoever, and uh, I look ridiculous. So not only do I have a beard, I have a very long beard, so that it looks like I have a chin. Uh, so yeah, my wife would would straight up leave me. So uh, I, I will use Harry's for like the neck and the cheeks and stuff like that, but the beard's got to stay. Um, I mean, unless she leaves me anyway, then I guess I could shave. But uh, hopefully that won't take place anytime soon. <laughs> Way to go, hey. Dark. I don't really speaking know what
3: to dark, say. Let's jump right into our locker view yeah. for uh, two weeks ago because it was a rough week pretty much across the board except for uh, Mr. 500. <laughs> right. um, speaking of speak, so. speaking of
2: things that will make your wife leave you, <laughs> a, a big so. record like these, that's exactly what will make your wife leave you. Continue, Matt. Sorry. So after...
3: <laughs> uh so after uh my my hot start to the year it's been a little bit downhill uh ever since jordan uh, let people know that i was doing well uh at a one in three week two weeks ago uh never bet against smu overs that's just a mistake um niu and central michigan brought home the win on and over charlotte mtsu lost on and over and liberty umass lost on and under don't bet against or don't bet umass unders
1: uh it's funny you say that i was listening to the cover three podcast and i think that they are betting the umass under (laughs) i think that was one of They're playing north yeah um so is this is this changing your approach and philosophy when looking at games you still going to stick with the over and under you still feel comfortable in that wheelhouse or are you going to be branching out a little bit
3: you've seen my picks for this week you know the answer. i
1: haven't studied them
3: I am, I'm still in totals. Uh, <laughs> there you go. What fun is and uh, I told you guys this, but I did have somebody ask me last week uh for picks. I gave them three picks that I was going to use on the show went or I'm sorry, I gave them four picks, went three and one on those picks. Those don't count towards my record, but for that uh listener who got those picks, I really hope you hammered them.
1: Yeah. I uh did not uh, I didn't record last week so obviously I didn't but all the ones that I would have picked <laughs> they all went wrong they all went sideways and uh, I was very glad that <laughs> none of it was on the record because uh, I'm already doing badly and uh, that wouldn't have helped any yeah the, the two weeks ago the only win I had was was Utah minus three against Washington uh I missed on Boise State San Jose State as well as. Air Force and Army, uh, Jordan. Uh, as as Matt alluded to, you are Mister Five Hundred so far. Uh, you went two and two with. Uh, yeah, I think you know your your Indiana picks, man. I uh, I don't know if you're going to continue on with them. I I'm curious though uh, where you sit with Indiana right now because you've kind of been on them from time to time this year. And and now I do believe they are playing your Penn State Lions,
2: isn't that correct? Yeah, that's right, and that's that's tremendous foreshadowing to our lock section. Um, Indiana's good,
1: but do you find do you find yourself kind of half rooting for them because you have been picking them a couple times? I mean, I
2: doubt he's rooting for them this week.
1: (laughs) Maybe this week. I don't know. I
2: think that they're really interesting. They're one of the more interesting teams. I think that how are they not ranked they they are ranked i think now i think they're 20 oh, 25th they? perhaps oh, they just finally. cracked the top 25 but i but yeah Six. they're they're one of like the more interesting teams i think that not many people are talking about and in this for for this review of our picks when they played northwestern the market just was not was not even close to valuing valuing them correctly especially against a northwestern team that is i mean i've gone on at length i don't need to say anymore but they they won that game 34 to 3 easy easy cruise victory and they were laying 11 and a half so i mean i just don't think that you know i think going into this game against penn state i do think the market is starting to catch up seeing as they're only catching 14 and a half um against a team with just one loss at home but that one was you know that one was one that i felt most confident about in the picks we're reviewing. Um, Virginia was catching two and a half at North Carolina, won that game outright. Uh, Baylor came out flat against West Virginia, um, squeaked by with a three point win, despite outgaining West Virginia by over 200 yards. I wasn't mad about that at all. I was actually laughing. I wasn't crying. Uh, You're crying. Um, (laughs) but that was, I mean, that one was just kind of tough. Like Baylor was clearly the better side, but they just didn't finish so chalk that up as a loss and then the fourth pick that I added on god damn it Oklahoma State TCU I had the under 60 and a half perfectly fine <laughs> until about 20 seconds left in the game field goal kicked ends at 61 total just brutal so close to a three and one three and one week but it's just kind of it's just kind of been the season that I've had this year it's you know it's it's just hasn't really been a great one I don't know boys
1: yeah, and you've had a little bit of uh of misfortune with some overtime games and stuff like that that have ruined your 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 over and under pick. Well, not your over picks or under picks. So yeah, definitely definitely a little bit of a misfortune, but that's all going to change. We are refreshed, ready to go. Uh what what game was your favorite to watch
2: last week, Jordan?
1: Over the weekend. Oh, LS,
2: LSU Alabama, for sure. I mean, I know that's like the the easy answer, it's the right but answer. Dude, it's so much fun to see offense like that. And and it makes, you know, not only does it make me feel good, but it makes me feel good to know that old cavemen watching the game are really upset, angry, throwing <laughs> stuff at the wall because they can't handle that there's no defense. So it's just a double win. But but really, like, 1,100 yards of total offense combined in a series that, you know, not that long ago, neither team was getting into double digits <laughs> as a final score. Nine to six. Yeah, so I mean – it really like just to be able to see those two teams Tua obviously wasn't hundred percent. He, he gutted it out, did as much as he could. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, the liability I think that both teams kind of have on defense, which is something we're not really used to seeing, you know, Joe Burrow and the LSU offense is just on another level at this point. So you kind of have to factor that in, but Bama, I think is a bit vulnerable on defense and LSU, again, giving up 40 plus, you know, that last touchdown sort of made the game closer than it probably was Uh, that 85 yard touchdown, I think from Tua, but it was, it was revealing. It was not, it was, it was entertaining, obviously, because I like that kind of football. I like to see high level offense working efficiently. I don't really care about defense to be completely honest with you. So it was, it was aesthetically pleasing, but I think it also was a bit revealing in that I think both teams still have some issues on defense. And when they run into an offense that can function highly efficiently, that they're going to give up points. And I think that that could be informative as we move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was shocked because again, I was, uh, I think when this game kicked off, I was en, en route to the beach. And then once I got to the beach, I turned it on, uh, cause I don't watch <laughs> football while driving. Cause that would be irresponsible. <laughs> um, I actually do sometimes, but it is irresponsible and I totally shouldn't. Um, but it's only more oh, on yourself. TV. Um, but it was like, it was like 33, 13 at halftime or something crazy like that. And I was like, damn it. I, I missed, I missed a crazy, I missed a crazy first half. And so I was, you know, doing other thing, other other stuff. And then, I turned around and it was 33 27, uh, in the fourth quarter. And I realized that I was possibly missing an Epic comeback and I sat down and watched the rest of the game, but yeah, definitely entertaining. Uh, Matt, what was, what was other than the LSU Bama game? Unless you do want to talk a little bit about that. What was, uh, one of your takeaways from the weekend?
3: No, all I'll say about LSU Bama is the fact that I did have a money line ticket with it and I was very happy. Um, I'll jump into the game that Jordan didn't want to talk about. Um, Minnesota Penn state, um, I didn't expect this out of Minnesota. I did think they would keep it close and I did think Bateman was going to have a big game. Boy, did Penn State's secondary get get exposed in this one. Um Minnesota likes to run the ball. They have a they have three really quality running backs and so I was I kind of thought Penn State would be able to just if they stopped the running game, their secondary would be fine, but Bateman crushed them. Uh, I think Johnson crushed him and then Otman Bell. I think he's a is he a true freshman? I He's he's either a freshman or a redshirt freshman. He's a
1: he's a redshirt freshman,
3: and he showed out in this game. Uh, that I mean, that passing attack is is very difficult to stop, and Penn State's cornerbacks really didn't look good in this spot. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. I I think we've had questions all year about how good Penn State's offense actually was. They've really only showed up against kind of bad teams, and then um, in it all started really to uh, unravel against Michigan in the second half when Michigan kind of made their comeback. And it seems like James Franklin just has, he doesn't have the old urban Meyer step on your throat mentality. And I don't, I don't know exactly what it was in this game, but they did, they came out flat and Minnesota didn't. um, And they kind of got beat up. Now I will say uh, in Penn state's defense, there was a pretty blatant missed PI uh, on the final play that by Minnesota, so maybe that could have swing, uh, swung the game a little bit. Either way, good win for Minnesota. I'm going to be really interested in that Wisconsin game. I really hope they manage to get through their slate undefeated and get to that game because that'll be a fun matchup of really differing offenses.
1: Yeah, I will say you mentioned Penn State's offense. If you would have told me they'd score twenty six points against Minnesota, I would have thought that'd be enough to get the win. Uh, I thought their defense would play a little bit better than they did. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the uh, the passing attack was was pretty pretty on point. Uh, I think Tanner only missed two passes all game. I think he went eighteen for twenty. Uh, that's that's pretty unreal. Uh, the game I, I ended up watching a lot of was uh, Oklahoma Iowa State. And I was just so hoping Iowa State would would come out with a the win. They went for the two point conversion and, uh, and, and and couldn't get it. But it was definitely very entertaining. Uh, good week overall uh, of football. Very uh, and may, maybe maybe that's just because I was watching it on the beach with a mai tai. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> no, but fun, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fun, even looking at some snow. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's rough. Yeah. In Colorado, we got back, it was... We've
3: been seeing it since like July.
1: Yeah, and there was snow on. <laughs> this July. July. Uh, well, just about. Uh, there was snow on the ground when we landed. I was like, "Oh man, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this at all." And my wife is out of town on business uh, this week, so she's out in California. So she's she's away, and so it's you know back from vacation. We were gone for like eleven days, twelve days, something like that. So back from vacation into solo parenting. Whew! Ooh, it's boy. been a it's been a thing. Rough landing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, It's okay. Uh, You know what's not okay, though, gentlemen, is when you don't want to talk about some serious problems that can be embarrassing to talk about at times. Talking about erectile dysfunction is not an easy thing to do. Uh, A lot of times we just want to brush it off or or even blame ourselves and say things like, oh, I just lost my mojo. Uh, A lot of times we just avoid it altogether and we just say, oh, I just had a long day at work. I don't want to get into it. So, you know, just kind of avoid The bedtime routine, you don't want to get into it all because ED can be really difficult. But with Roman, it's much easier to talk about. You can talk to a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and most importantly, for the purposes of this conversation, it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free. Uh, with two-day sh- shipping, the whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to getroman.com/bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor to take care of it. Just go to getroman.com/bluewire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com/bluewire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, let's transition over into uh, into looking ahead, looking into the future and, and making some picks uh, for the upcoming slate. We've got some fun ones. I'm really excited to start off with this first one. We've got the Golden Gophers at Iowa. This Iowa is favored by three. I was really surprised when I saw this line. Um, Jordan, you, however... Uh, are on Iowa here so I'd love to hear your logic because when I saw the line come out I thought Minnesota would be favored coming off a big win against Penn State Iowa has not been elite uh, they have struggled this season so so
2: give me your thinking here why why are you uh, picking Iowa this is the the slightest the slightest of leans towards Iowa for me um, the this line I think is obviously it, it just it doesn't, doesn't feel right I, I I kind of agree with you guys it, it seems like Minnesota should be favored here, but um, it's obviously a prime letdown spot after you know one, one of the biggest wins in program history, if not the biggest last week against Penn State, um, going to Iowa for, I think it's a four o'clock kickoff. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough place. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a night game in Kinnick, which is cliche, but also real. Um, it's a tough place to play. Uh, again, it's a letdown spot. I really don't like Iowa very much as a team. I don't think they're especially good, but this is just a spot play and it's just a lean. Um, Minnesota, I think has enough to, to win by double digits. But if, if there's a spot where they trip up, if there's a spot where they just don't look very good and end up, you know, just barely eking out a win. Um, but I'm going to take the home team despite laying three because it's just a spot play, but it's just a lean.
3: Yeah, see, I, I, I looked at that. I I mean, I looked at the idea of Kinnick at night and um, the fact that this is actually it's a blackout game for them. So I, the crowd's going to be into this game. Um, honestly, it might be one of the bigger games of the year for Iowa. The The reason I'm taking Minnesota is I just think um, I was so unathletic. Uh, I remember the game against Michigan. They They should have beat
1: Michigan, but. They just. You said I was so unathletic. I thought you said I was yeah, so an, also uh, unathletic. <laughs> I was like, we got a personal story here. I'm curious no, where was, this is going. I was
3: just the least athletic team. They don't really have anybody on the field on offense who you really have any faith is going to break off a long play. They, um, they're so they're very reliant on Nate Stanley throwing people open. They're they're just not very good. Um, yeah, and part of it is as we saw it last week eventually Tanner Morgan's going to find one of his receivers wide open. And what, even though I think Iowa's defense is potentially the best defense they played all year. Um, I, I just don't see a, a way where I was going to be able to score enough points because
1: I, uh, I think it might only take 17 points for Minnesota to win. It's interesting. I we've talked about Tanner Morgan a bit on this show and we've talked about Stanley a bit on this show as well. I'm curious which who do you think is the better quarterback? Tanner Morgan. Oh.
3: Yeah. I'm cha- I have to change my opinion on him. He has been he's been great this year and I'm every week that I doubt him is probably just wrong.
1: And he's got amazing weapons. I mean, We all know Tyler Johnson's headed for the NFL. I can only assume Rashad Bateman's heading there as well. They've got amazing talent. I, I just can't pick against it. I know it's on the road. It, it's it's not a night game I, i'm pretty sure it's well i mean it starts at i think four o'clock so maybe i don't know what time it gets dark up in iowa uh but anything yeah. like here like 4 30 <laughs> yeah oh that was also brutal coming back after daylight savings because they don't do that in maui uh coming back here and all of a sudden getting dark at five five <laughs> o'clock i was like what the hell is going on here it was it's it's been a rough week boys um but i i, I like minnesota in this spot and um they're actually just a little foreshadowing here it's I'm locking this one up I've got Minnesota plus three I feel good about it I'll maybe get a little bit more well I'll just say it now uh Minnesota's covered its last six games uh I think Tanner Morgan um, is really really good I I think he any deficiencies he has his receivers can make up for I think Rodney Smith they running back will eclipse a thousand yards rushing for the year in this one um I think Minnesota wins this one fairly comfortably uh and it definitely uh definitely get, covers the, the three points I I, I I'm going money line on them, to be honest with you, though, but but not for the pick. That's going to be my bet will be money line. My lock is just the plus three. Uh, but let's get into the next game here. We've got Georgia uh, minus two and a half on the road at Auburn. Boy, I hope Auburn does this. Uh, I, I I want Auburn to win just because it might help my ducks out a little bit, uh, get, get one more team out of the race and make that loss look a little bit better. But I just don't think they will. Two and a half points is not that big of a spread. Um, I think if it was... Three Three and a half, I'd be nervous. But uh, knowing that Georgia just needs to win by a field goal, um, give me Georgia. I think this is going to be a, a, a defensive uh, slugfest. I think scoring is going to be uh, infrequent. And um, yeah, and, and I like Georgia to, to, to squeak it out here. Matt, do you agree or disagree with me?
3: I, I'm going to be honest. When I first put this in the show doc, I definitely was gung-ho. Georgia's going to do this. I As we like now have to like lock it in on the podcast. I'm not as confident. I'm going to stick with my pick. I think Georgia just has more weapons to score with than Auburn does. I think that at some point, Swift will find his way into the end zone. Although I think it will be a challenge, especially if Auburn is smart, they will come out and make a point of just stopping the running game. Um, the thing, the thing that would scare me if I'm picking Auburn is basically Jake from has been now kind of hearing, um, all week that he was so terrible after last week's game even despite the win i wouldn't be surprised if they unleash him a little bit and give him an opportunity to throw the ball around i just don't know if georgia has great weapons to make this a high scoring affair so i think in a low scoring game georgia probably pulls off a win and it might be really by just a field goal
2: well i hate to break it to you boys but you're both wrong (laughs) (laughs) no um again this is this is a really tough decision um I'm, I'm taking the points with Auburn at home. Obviously, I would like this much more if it was at three. But it's something something that I found pretty interesting. Um, since 2013, when Gus Malzahn took over as head coach at Auburn, they've been a home underdog eight times. They're 7-1-0 against the spread in that situation, beating the spread by an average of 9.8 points in those games over expectation. And they've won five of those games outright. This is an idea, you know, this is the preferred spot for Malzon. I think he has the coaching advantage over Kirby Smart. Um, I think this is a situation where we could see his sort of inventive play calling with the trick plays that seem to always work, even though we always talk about the trick plays that are probably coming from Gus Malzon. They still seem to somehow work. Um, and I think that in this type of game that's so tight, one of those plays, breaking for a long touchdown, could swing the entire game. Um, Bo Nix has been better at home, uh, significantly better at home, obviously short sample size. But it seems clear that he feels more comfortable and is more efficient when the game is at home. And I hear what you're saying. I think that Georgia is probably the more talented team basically across the board. But this just feels like a spot where Malzon as an OG, Bo Nix at home. Getting points, again, I wish it was at three, but I'll take the two and a half uh, with Auburn at home.
1: I have a question for you, Jordan. Uh, sure. Last year last year you, and, and I know he played differently last year than this year, so Fromm was someone that you were really excited about last year. Has he regressed significantly? Is it play calling? Is it the league adjusting to him? What What's happened to, to Fromm? Is he... Still, someone that Georgia should trust, or do you think they're kind of wishing they had a Jacob Eason or one of these other? Uh, oh, that's the QB you go with, not the one that's I, gonna win the high. That I that did was, it for you, my friend.
2: You knew I did it
1: for you, my <laughs> friend. He's, try, he's trying
2: to trigger you, Matt. He's trying to trigger you. <laughs> and he succeeded. Um, I to be honest, um, I still am okay on from. I don't know if I'm necessarily as high as I once was. Um, because there was a time at one point where he looked like he was on an absolute upward trajectory. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. I think that he could be a serviceable quarterback in the NFL. I don't know that we would see him be an upper echelon quarterback. Um, if we're trying to project him out to the next level. Although when you look around the league at who is starting, who knows, but is that a, is that a slam at Jeff Driscoll? Uh, oh, come oh on boy. now. Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, Dark, dark, dark times. but I mean, um to be honest, like if you look at his if you look at his stats, um this is his worst season so far uh, by QBR or uh, QB rating um by far his worst by yards per attempt um by nearly a full yard. Um, and you know he's still completing a sixty seven percent of his throws so far this season. so I mean he's still like relatively efficient. But he's just not pushing the ball down the field. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of established playmakers on the outside. I think if you put him in an ideal scenario, like say, for instance, Fromm took Joe Burrow's place at LSU with Joe Brady, those wide receivers, that offense. I think LSU would be clicking at nearly the same rate. And that might be be blasphemy to some people. But I don't think the gap between Joe Burrow and Jake Fromm is that big. But it's really about the surrounding cast. If you put Joe Burrow at Georgia with Kirby Smart and and his weapons, you know, are we having the same conversation? So I mean, that's kind of how I look at it.
1: Yeah. So he's really just missing Riley Ridley. Exactly. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> uh, you you mentioned you mentioned Ryan Finley. This is fun trivia right here. Do you know that the NC State Wolfpack they, they currently are responsible for three NFL quarterbacks starters. Last it's- week's
2: had. It's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, QBU. Yeah. That's right. I mean,
1: technically, I mean, Russell Wilson didn't end end his career at NC State, but he did start it. So exactly. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's probably a bit more of of Fromm and company that we needed to talk about. But uh, whenever we get some Riley Ridley love in, we we need to do so. Uh, moving on. No, no never. <laughs> uh, if you're curious why Matt is is tilting, it's because. He uh, he had Riley Ridley ranked as his number one wide receiver <laughs> in Debbie last year, and he's bitter
2: that it hasn't worked out.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, that happened. <laughs> um, he, he hasn't recovered. He hasn't recovered from the Justin Field slate. I love that you did that. That was <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs>
1: We've got Wake I'm Forest. Leave my knife at... and start cursing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can. You can. Hey, you've got freedom. Uh, land of the free, home of the brave. Wake Forest at Clemson, thirty-four and a half. That's a huge number, and you guys are not afraid of it, Matt. Why are you comfortable uh, going with Clemson with such a huge line right here, thirty-four and a half points? Because I don't know who uh,
3: is going to catch passes for Wake Forest with Sage Surratt out and I believe Scotty Washington out. Um, they're going to be throwing to Kendall Hilton, who most people didn't know about four weeks ago. Um, Clemson is... Most people didn't know about him four minutes ago. Welcome. Um, uh, If you're playing DFS, Kendall Hilton. Clemson's kind of been in F the World mode ever since that uh, close game against uh, North Carolina. It's... As much as we want to sit here and say, oh, Clemson hasn't looked that impressive. For the last month, Clemson has looked very impressive. And I believe they've covered every game since that North Carolina game. So yeah, with Wake Forest pretty much going to be forced to run the ball against one of the best defenses in the country. I, I don't even know how they score. And if Wake Forest can't score, Wake Forest can't win
1: or keep it close. Yes, this is true, but they don't need to keep it close. They just need to not lose by thirty-four points, which that's close. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I think they can pull it out. I don't feel confident on it. This is not something that I'm going to be uh, betting on by any means. But I'm leaning Wake Forest here just because the line is is monstrous and Clemson's, like you said, they have been putting their foot on the gas lately. But uh, I don't know. We've seen we've seen disappointing performances. Uh, from them this year in wins of course, but still we've seen disappointing um and even yeah their last two games they they would have covered this but you know they i don't know i I, I just feel like the number's too big Jordan, what do you think?
2: um I'm gonna lay it with Clemson I, I understand your hesitation and this isn't like an all-in play but like matt like matt mentioned the 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 injuries to the wide receivers for like Forest are just just crushing and and you have to be at full capacity to hang. Um, with Clemson at this point because their defense has completely rounded into form their offense is one of the best in the country they're even though they 're ranked third in the football in the college football playoff rankings, I still think that they probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Dabo just kind of brings that out in his team, regardless of what anyone 's saying they They play up the disrespect card um, and I think they 're kind of in the mode where they 're just trying to lay it on teams and just say you know what the acc is bad but we don't care we're just going to murder everyone in our way um so i mean i just can't get in front of clemson right now especially with the with the injuries to the key positions for wake force on offense so i'll i'll lay the points um and and lean here with clemson
1: well i i really hope that the ncaa decides that they can uh play co- pay college athletes because Dabo said he would quit if that happened and he drives me nuts. (laughs) So I'm all for it. Let's get Dabo out of here. Uh, Anyway, I still love Dabo. Yeah. He just drives me nuts. Anyway. So you guys are both on Clemson. I'm taking wake Uh, Navy at Notre Dame though. We're all on the same side of this one. Uh, Notre Dame's favored by seven and a half. I guess we're thinking that's all a bit too much. Which one of you would feel more confident? Give me a confidence level of Navy coming out and actually winning this one. How confident would you be on that
2: Jordan navy coming out and getting the W? I don't I don't hate the money line here at all. Yeah,
1: I
3: think I think money lines in play.
2: Yeah, and and just real briefly, I don't do this very often, but a humble brag and Matt can attest to this. I may or may not have a navy plus 20 ticket. um just i forgot about that yeah just a little heads up and this is something to really keep an eye on and i'm not going to single out what book that's not fair but something to keep in mind moving forward and even into next year if you can find a book that has uh game of the year lines throughout the season projecting two weeks out if you if you feel like you have a really good read on a team and you see two teams moving in opposite directions and the number just looks wrong those numbers are out there. So that's just something to keep in mind. I'm no expert. My records obviously speaks to that. But it's just something that I've noticed that sometimes books will put up wrong numbers on those games two weeks out. So it's just something to keep in mind.
1: You took this one two weeks ago?
2: Uh, a week and a half ago, I think it was. At 20. At at Navy plus 20. Um, and it's...
3: Didn't you also have LSU like plus eight or something on that tick? Or you were trying to parlay LSU? Yeah, I tried too? to
2: parlay those two together. wasn't uh, wasn't able to parlay them for some reason. I don't know if you just can't parlay futures. Um, but again, it's just you know that it, it doesn't necessarily pertain now because the number is what it is now, and this is what we're picking it at. But just a little bit of a disclaimer for for listeners moving forward that just something to keep an eye I on. I like it. Um, yeah. If you're a fan of a book, you can uh, make
3: money getting these matchups uh in advance yeah.
2: and and with the number with the number all the way down and i'm I mean I even saw some numbers at just seven flat um there's obviously everyone looks to be on Navy at this point, which makes me a little bit concerned picking it around a touchdown, but I'm still gonna side with Navy at seven and a half. I think they can keep it within. That score, if not win outright, and I think my preferred play would probably be Navy money line as opposed to Navy minus seven and a half, because I think they can. I think they are good enough to win this game outright, and I think Notre Dame might be a little bit overinflated at this point in the market.
3: Yeah, anything to add, Matt? Uh, Yeah, real quick, I will say, uh, despite the fact that everyone might think they're kind of a terrible offense, Navy ranks twenty second in offensive S and P Just worth noting, they're they're able to score points, so.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's good because it's not always been the case. Uh, this last one that we're going to look at before we get into our locks is one that I'm very, very intrigued by, uh, if for no other reason than that both these teams just they don't know they don't know how to play boring games anymore. Like everything is back and forth and close. Oklahoma minus ten at Baylor. Whew, that's a, it's a it's a fun one. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we'd be looking at this line at minus 10 and you guys would be on Baylor side. I would have said you guys were crazy because y'all were loving Oklahoma to start the year. What happened, Matt? Uh, is this more about Baylor for you or is this uh, a little bit of loss of faith and trust in Oklahoma? It's a little bit of lost faith in Oklahoma. Uh, I, I wasn't
3: I haven't really been impressed with them in about three or four weeks. They're I mean, ever since the dominating Texas performance where their defense kind of showed out, um, Oklahoma really hasn't been that impressive. They've they've got the inability to step on your throat kind of mentality. the, the They should have run Iowa State off the field. Um, they get a little laxadaisical in these games, and Baylor does have some dudes. Um, Denzel Mims should be on an NFL roster very soon, and he's he's out. He will probably find success against this Oklahoma team. I do think Baylor's defense is legit and will be able to slow down Oklahoma enough times that they will be able to keep it within 10. I do still think Oklahoma wins it on the field, but home dog catching double digits, that's it's just too good a spot.
2: Jordan, anything to add? Yeah, I I yeah and I agree with Matt, and I think that Baylor can kind of play up the disrespect card a little bit in this situation with with their record and and where they're being uh ranked right now in the College football playoffs. So I think that's just added motivation onto you know, a team that has everything out in front of them when you look at their record and what they can potentially do. So, I mean, I think this is a good spot for Baylor. And like Matt said, catching double digits at home, probably going to be an ugly game. And yeah, so I'll take the 10. So I just peeked ahead at y'all's locks to see if this
1: was in there, and it's not. I'm surprised that both of you, it sounds like you both feel fairly comfortable and confident that Baylor will be able to to to, to hang in there. My my guess would be the only way they do that is if they slow this game down. I don't think they're going to be able to to keep up in a shootout. So uh, I was looking to see if either of you guys were playing the under because uh, the the over under is sixty seven and a half. Which uh, if you think Baylor's going to stay close, I'm guessing you're thinking that that number too high. Or am I uh, reading way too much into into this? And and I just need to slow it down and and not overanalyze.
2: <laughs> no, no, you're. No, you're not wrong at all. Um, I, I don't have that as one of my locks, but I do think that if the game goes the way that I kind of see it going, I do think that under is absolutely in play at 67 and a half. That's absolutely a good spot. Right. You? Yeah,
1: I, I, I think OU does run away with this one. I think they, they realize they have a lot to prove. This is kind of the uh, what, what I was mentioning earlier on in the show, just looking at what, what teams need to do to get in. Oh, OU can't just win out and, and, and assume that they're going to win to, to get a spot in the playoff. They need to start winning with a little bit more conviction. I think that starts uh, this week. It's a big game. It's, it's one that everyone's going to be tuning into. I'm pretty sure game day is there. I think Oklahoma puts on a show. I don't think Baylor's going to be able to keep up. Uh, I think it might be close in the first half, and, and people might be wondering if, if OU's going to trip up, but I think by the end of the game they, 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 they pull it out. And, uh, and end up winning by by two by two touchdowns. So I'm going with OU, but I'm not locking it up. I don't have that much confidence, uh, and I don't feel very comfortable with the over-under either because I do think Oklahoma might just start pouring it on. So so we'll see. And I think Baylor could, uh, they could try to establish the run, and we've seen what happens when teams do that against Oklahoma. You can't run – if you want to hold on to the ball and, and run out the clock, don't do it by running the football because you're going to score an 80-yard touchdown in, in, in 36 seconds against this OU team. <laughs> they just can't stop anything. So, yeah, that's, that's my take. Uh, before we jump into our locks, though, I do want to let you guys know about some of the other great podcasts we have at Rotoviz. There's two that I wanted to highlight this week. Uh, one of them is uh, Fantasy Football Report with Blair Andrews and Hassan Rahim. It is on. Um, they record Sunday nights. Uh, during the big games, they go over everything fantasy football related and kind of give you their their take uh, for the week ahead and, and what it means uh, moving forward. So definitely ch- check that out if you're into fantasy football. Uh, very interesting. And then, of course, we have the Dynasty Command Center with Curtis Patrick and Travis May, where they look at all things fantasy football, but kind of with a lens on, on Dynasty and, and looking at what you might be doing with some of your, some of your rookies and, and guys yet to be drafted. It's a great, great podcast. Both of these shows are super entertaining, funny guys, definitely check them out. They are on the road of Biz main feed, but they of course also have their own channels. So check out the road of Biz podcast that we have for you. We've got like 10 or 11 different shows for you coming out every week. Uh, so, so do be, um, yeah, getting all the content you can from Rotoviz. it is good stuff and it will help you be successful in whatever ventures you are looking to be successful in, unless you listen to my locks, that is, <laughs> then you will struggle. However, Matt can lead you to victory. Matt, give us your favorite most confident pick of the upcoming week. See, now I'm not as confident in any of my picks this week. So thanks. (laughs) Um,
3: I didn't like this slate very much, but the first one that came to mind um, was Penn state, Indiana over 54 and a half. Um, I, neither one of these teams is actually a great over team. They're about 500 on both sides. Um, but Indiana in road games is 3 and 0 on overs this year, and Penn State is 3 and 2 on overs at home. Um, what really makes this stand out to me is why I like and why I like it on the over is that both of these teams are ranked in the top 15 of offensive S and P plus and I did think that Penn State's defense kind of got exposed in the way that you can beat them, and that was through the air. Indiana has scored over 30 points in six straight games, and they pass more the ball more than 50% of the time, which is where I thought that a team would be able to find success against their defense. So I think Indiana is going to keep this game a little bit closer than Penn State fans are comfortable with, and I think it turns into a little bit of a shootout. Jordan, I know
1: you have a play on this game. Why don't you uh, let us have it?
2: Yeah, so piggybacking on what Matt just said, I'm taking Indiana getting fourteen and a half. Um I, you know, a lot of we talked our we already talked about this uh a good bit during the show, but like Matt said, I think that Penn State secondary is a bit of a liability. Um Indiana does not have the same caliber of playmakers as Minnesota, but I do think that they have enough outside um and a very balanced uh cast of wide receivers. Um And I think Peyton Ramsey can do enough. It's a potential look ahead spot for Penn State with uh, a trip to Ohio State on deck. They're not necessarily going to be looking past Indiana because they are ranked, but it does kind of have to be on their mind. Uh, Indiana six and three against the spread, four and one in their last five. Um, And I think that Iowa's pass defense is something to highlight as well. Uh, They're allowing just 190 yards per game through the air. And Penn State, I've been harping on this, but they do not have a wide receiver, too. It's it's KJ Hamler, it's Pat Fryermuth, and that's basically it. If if you have to go anywhere else, there's just hasn't been any production. And it's a noon kick in Happy Valley, which will mitigate a little bit of the home field advantage. I think Indiana keeps this close.
3: But, Jordan, what about Justin Shorter? Uh, <laughs> see, He's see, dead to me, too, don't you worry. You know,
2: sometimes... <sighs> with friends like these, you know, with friends like these. <laughs>
3: I'm such a lovely person.
2: <laughs> I I will say, even in a loss, it was
1: super fun seeing Journey Brown break out oh, a little yeah. bit last week. Cause you know, I've been I've been I've been touting him all season, mainly just because I love the name. But uh he looked good. I, I think he I think he's I think he's really, really special. Uh but yeah, Indiana. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this one. I wonder. Uh, Jordan, I know you do a really good job of not letting your bias, your Penn State bias, uh, cloud your judgment. You try to be very fair about the team. Do you feel that part of this could be uh, just kind of personal disappointment with what Penn State has been? I know you've been on Indiana a lot this this year too, so I'm not saying that you're just uh, being a downer like I am with Oregon. But um, I, I just feel like Indiana's been good, but they also haven't had to play. A team at Penn State's level yet, really. Um, I don't know. I, I think yeah, Penn State wins this one comfortably, is what I'm saying. I'm disagreeing with you.
2: <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, Penn State is the better team, top to bottom. But I just think that the certain areas where they are deficient, which I think is the secondary, is how Indiana moves the ball. And I think if those two things didn't line up, like I think Stevie Scott, Indiana's running back, who is really talented. Will probably have a pretty tough go running against Penn State's front se- front seven, um, which could be an issue if Indiana has to go completely one one dimensional. But I just think even if Penn State goes up early, which they had a which they've had a penchant to do uh, prior to last week, I think Indiana, if necessary, can throw the ball, play catch up at the end, and even get a backdoor cover if necessary. I just think that there's avenues for Indiana to get to cover this number. Despite being the less talented team,
1: yeah, okay, uh, that's fair enough. I uh, I already mentioned my Big Ten play. I'm going Minnesota plus three at Iowa. We already went into that one, so I will. Uh, I'll let you go again, Matt. Let's uh, let's hear your next one.
3: Um, so I'm going to my garbage, um, and that is UTEP and uab under 44 um <laughs> that, is, that is so gross on so many levels matt those are both two disgusting teams and you're taking the under <laughs> I love it. uh they're a combined 10 7 and 1 on unders this year they both run the ball over 55 percent of the time which means that clock will keep on moving and both of these teams rank in the bottom 20 of offensive s&p plus it's gonna be a sweat because it's in the low 40s but it, it's it's a fun one <laughs> are you gonna watch no dear god because
1: no. <laughs> that would be just i'll uh, make my I would eyes check that
3: score probably three times uh hopefully once at halftime to make sure the pace is still in my favor um one more time probably midway through and then one time
2: like way late in the evening there you go
1: all right jordan let's hear your next one
2: sure i'm gonna take washington state lying 10 and a half at home against stanford um, and this is kind of a, a highlighted spot for Stanford's secondary where they've, where they've sustained some really significant injuries at corner and at safety, including Paulson Adebo, who is one of the better cornerbacks in the country. And this obviously plays right into what Washington state wants to do. Air raid offense, continually taking shots into the secondary. I think Stanford could be vulnerable there, um, Stanford off of a tough loss against Colorado, where they just scored 13 points against a bad Colorado defense. I mean, they Colorado ranks 105th in defensive efficiency. Um, KJ Costello is, I think, has been ruled out, which means Davis Mills will get the start at quarterback, which Mills has actually been better than Costello this season. But I, I don't even know if Mills is 100%. I know he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, and under under Mike Leach since 2012, the Cougars are 19-14-0 against the spread as a home favorite with an average margin of victory of 21 points. I think this kind of lines up for a bit of a steamroll here for Washington State. So I'll lay the 10.5. There you go. Uh, hopefully Leach doesn't uh, parade his <laughs> parade his squad anymore. He's been pretty ruthless this year. It it is, it is a volatile situation. I will give you that. And that does give me a little bit of pause just because Washington State's been kind of erratic all over the place. But it just feels like the injuries to Stanford in the in the very area where Washington State wants to attack feels like it's lining up. Yeah, and Stanford hasn't been consistently good this year. Either. Exactly. So uh, it's it's definitely
1: a very safe. I, I think it's a safe play. I like it. I like that. I like you go you dipping into the pack 12 mm-hmm. a bit this uh, this this week. It's it's kind of fun. Um, my one is another one that when I I saw the line I kind of had to do a double take because I was a little bit surprised. Alabama minus 17 and a half at Mississippi state. I think you like this number with Mac Jones. I like this number with me at quarterback, man. Just, okay. just actually, that's not true. I can't throw, but um, just because of a shoulder injury that's been <laughs> nagging me for so long. Um,
4: yeah,
1: <laughs> no, I I don't care who they're who they're sending out there. Um, Mississippi State is is, is not great. Uh, the Bulldogs are zero and three against the spread as underdogs this season. Auburn, LSU, Texas A and M, each one of those teams beat this Mississippi State squad by at least twenty three points. Uh, to me, even with backup quarterback, Bama is better than well two of those teams and i don't think mississippi state is going to be able to hang 17 and a half is a very nice number and i'm locking that one up for sure i i don't know how high it would have to go for me to 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 not i think i'd be comfortable to go all the way up to 20 and a half uh and still play bama uh, i feel pretty comfortable about this one do you disagree with me matt you you gave me a little bit of pushback there you think this is uh too, too high of a number
3: no, I don't. I, I, I think I would prefer playing on the total here, and I probably would just take the over, but I uh, I don't know. I, I just I didn't know if you realized that there was a decent chance that Tua wouldn't sit out this game, so I wanted to ask a fair question of, do you feel as comfortable with Mac Jones? And I think Mac Jones is a fine replacement level player, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, he... Sorry, <laughs> he's got no, no, no. But I mean, I just like you look at the weapons that that Bama has at wide receiver. I mean, poof, I <laughs>
3: Jalen Waddles punt return, and I don't know if you saw it because you weren't watching. Jalen Waddles punt return is the greatest thing I've ever seen.
1: Right? Yeah. I I don't know. I know people are are harshing on Bama's defense as well, and and maybe maybe the over is also in because play here. Um, it it's not a Bama defense that we're accustomed to, it sucks. but it's still better than it's i think it's still good enough to stop mississippi state from from putting up too many points. Uh i think bama i think bama rolls. Anyway, let's um let's go to you got a couple still on on the slate here, Matt. Let's let's see your next one. Um I'll go with another gross one. Uh Arkansas
3: State coastal carolina uh over 60 and a half. Uh they are combined this one I'm a little less confident in than I am UTEP and uh, UAB. Um they're both in the bottom 33 of defensive S&P+. Plus. Um, they're both averaging around 30 points a game, so not as high as I normally would like in this type of spot. But they're a combined 10 and 8 on overs. Coastal Carolina is three and one on, on overs on the road. I just think this one turns into a bit of a shootout because the defense is. So yeah,
1: this I, I feel like you've played Coastal Carolina a couple times and overs. I have. And- and it seems like to work them, out for you. Uh, so I like it. These 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 random ones are ones that I, I really get a kick out of, especially overs. I don't like unders as much. <laughs> they seem really boring and, and not fun. But, I mean, they work out for you too. But the overs I can get behind because uh, I like seeing points, just like Jordan was saying earlier. Uh, Jordan, let's get
2: back to the Pac-12. Yeah, I'll close mine out with uh, Utah laying 21 at home against UCLA. And this number looks big. Um, especially for in-conference play, a UCLA team that has been trending upwards, I think, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Joshua Kelly is a really good running back for them. He's been playing really well lately. But I kind of touched on how, uh, you know, based on the metrics, Utah is one of the most complete teams in the country. You know, UCLA has scored 31 points or more in each of their last four, but have done so against defenses with an average efficiency rank of 81st. So they haven't necessarily been playing uh, stellar defenses. And this is obviously a huge step up. Uh, on the road in one of the tougher places to play in the country against one of the better coaches, I think, in the country. Um, And I think that's where altitude could play a factor here. UCLA coming from, obviously, Los Angeles going up to Salt Lake City, major altitude uh, advantage. And I think that could especially play out in the second half where it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if UCLA keeps it relatively close for a while but I think that Utah could potentially pull away near the end and cover this number. Um, Zach Moss is another just underrated running back. uh, When you watch him, he's, he's a running back to watch. He's so good at football. Um, And Tyler Huntley, I think is finally maybe 100% healthy. He's been dinged up basically the entire season, but when he's on, he is one of the most efficient throwers in the country. Um, So, I mean, this is kind of a spot where UCLA is trending upwards but I think it could come crashing down in a relatively big way on the road against a really good Utah team.
3: So I wanted to argue with you on this one um, because of how good UCLA has looked recently. And then I remembered that the one team that Utah struggled with was um, a kind of air raid USC team. Um, and UCLA just isn't that. And I don't think that Utah is going to have the same struggles against Joshua Kelly that they've had Throughout, I mean, again, that they would have had if this was a more air raid offense. So I, I want to argue this pick a lot because I actually think when I first saw the number, I thought this was a great UCLA spot, but I think you're on the right side and piling on Zach Moss is, is violence personified at running back and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and and Utah also they've got a lot to play for they they want they want to be in the playoff and they're not going to do it by squeaking past teams like UCLA so I think they have a lot to play for uh, I think it's a good call it's it's the numbers a bit big than than bigger than I'd like so that's why it's not on my slate but I'm glad it's on yours and I will be uh, interested to watch I'm also hoping Utah wins out and uh, until they face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship so I'd love to see it I'd love to see it. All right, Matt, let's hear your last one. Wait, are you gonna go with yours? I was gonna go after you because it's Okay, fine. What's that? It's the same game. Okay,
3: okay so uh as I mentioned before, I kind of thought this game would be a little bit low scoring, and that's Georgia and Auburn under 41. That number God. might that's that number might sound low to you, but these teams are actually not that uh it it shouldn't scare you that much. They were combined 13 and five on unders for the year. Um Georgia's defense ranks second in defensive s and Auburn ranks fifth. Both teams are going to run the ball um, over 55% of the time. And I just don't think Swift is going to dominate this game. I, I think he'll probably find the end zone at some point. But even if Jake Fromm is kind of allowed to throw it around a little bit, I don't know who they're going to throw to. Georgia does not have legitimate passing weapons this year, um, which is hard for me to say because as I've mentioned a couple of times, uh, they did lose riley Ridley which i thought would help them um <laughs> but they also lost micole hardman and that hurt them so um yeah I, I just think this one's really low scoring i don't particularly think this one will be a sweat i think this will end like 17 to 14 or something like that
1: uh yes it will actually it will actually end 17 to 10 your under will hit as will my final log, which is georgia minus two and a half uh that's you know, we talked about this game earlier. I really think Georgia is a significantly better overall team, talent-wise, top to bottom. I know Auburn does play better at home. I know Bo Nix plays better at home. I don't think he's going to have any success against this Georgia defense, which is one of the best in the country. Uh, I, I think that Auburn really struggles to score here. I think it's it's going to be um one they'll have one good drive where they're able to punch it in the end zone and other than that they're they're going to be uh, really really struggling so i don't think georgia has to do too much offensively to to get uh not only the win but to to cover that two and a half points so um my final lock for the week is georgia minus two and a half so let's recap real quick jordan's going washington state minus seven and a half for stanford utah minus 21 versus ucla and indiana plus 14 and a half at penn state I'm taking Minnesota plus three at Iowa, Georgia minus two and a half at Auburn and Alabama minus 17 and a half at Mississippi state. I'm going with a lot of road teams. I'm going with all road teams. That is, that is, that makes me feel nervous. That's gross. That's that's not ideal. Um, Matt, speaking of gross, Arkansas state, coastal Carolina. Oh no, that's the good one. That's over 60 and a half. I like that one. It's the UTEP UAB under 44 that I don't like. That's gross. Uh, I I like the pick. I don't want to watch that game. Um, I think, I think, Uh, if if you get that one wrong uh, no, if you get that one right you should be forced to watch the replay of it Um, and then you've got Georgia, Auburn under 41 and Penn State, Indiana over 54 and a half some good games coming up boys, Uh, what what game are you most excited uh, for this upcoming weekend Matt? Georgia, Auburn I think uh, I I really like
3: this Auburn defense, they've been fun to watch they've been relatively creative, they were truly the only team that's Hurt um, LSU's offense. I think they've been able to scheme teams into real struggles. So I, I kind of want to see what they do against this Georgia team. And like I said, it I, I just think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if either team is able to score. Yeah, I'm going to get screwed on an overtime over. <laughs>
1: uh, I'd be okay with an overtime. That 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 would likely mean Georgia covering that two and a half.
2: Two words, two words, guys. Go Navy. Two words. That's yeah. such a fun
1: one. That is good. So are, are you going to be dialed in for that one? Are you going to watch that one?
2: Yeah, I'm going to try and watch as much as possible. I think it's in one of those weird kickoff slots, like 230 or something like that. Um, so it's kind of like sandwiched in between the early and the mid, the mid slate. So I, yeah, I, I just think that Navy, this will just be such a huge win um, on the road at Notre Dame. These two teams are familiar but Navy really seems to have a special combination this year. They're, they're trending upwards. And I think this is a, a bit of an overrated Notre Dame team. So go Navy.
1: Yeah, there you go. I think the game I'm looking forward to the most is Oklahoma uh, against Baylor. I'm really curious to see what actually takes place in that one. Uh, I just think it'll be exciting. And, you know, go top 10 team, number 10 versus number 13. Uh, that's got to be good stuff. I will say I, it's not a lock, but Oregon – Uh minus 27 and a half. I think the number's too big. I was I'm 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 tempted to go Arizona plus 27.5 and and take the under 68 and a half in that game. Uh I will keep you all updated. I will I will tweet it out if I go with it. I'm gonna look at it a little bit more. Um I hate betting against Oregon Mm -hmm. this time of year, but I just feel like 27.5 is just just too big. Uh anyway. I feel
3: like we do have to mention uh, Ohio state playing a fourth grade recess this week. I'm sorry. They're playing Rutgers. <sighs> um, when that line, I have to mention it. The line opened up. They were 50, uh, 52 point favorites with a total of 55. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that. That's it, hilarious. It was ab- I mean, I think it might've been, I don't remember either way. their implied. their implied total for Rutgers was less than a field goal. So oh, man, can't wait to watch uh, Ohio state starters play for, A quarter and a
1: half that's awesome that is awesome that's great well that's uh that's gonna do it for us for this week we'll be back with you um either wednesday or thursday next week enjoy all your football watching and of course uh go check out those other podcasts i mentioned uh do subscribe to this one as well you can find us over on on apple podcasts um and all the other all the other ones uh so give us a follow give us rating and review we will talk to you next week thank you so much for listening
4: access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com wire to learn more and find a center near you that's unifyd blue wire. no material or testimonials on the unified healing website